0: So excited to be here this morning! Um, welcome back to church this Sunday. We hope you did have a fantastic week. And as everyone has said, it is our honor to be able to have you here this morning and worship together and share the Word of God together. And today is week four of our series together. Um, the last few weeks have been amazing. Um, I was meant to preach last week Sunday, but Sean and I swapped because uh, the good old COVID came and got us the week before. So still excited to be able to be here this week and to be. Be able to share the message and our series at the moment together, we're journeying through the book of Ephesians, um, all about being together, collaborating in cooperation with one another in partnership and we've been saying what Psalms 133 verse 1 and verse 3 says, And we've been saying this every week, um, it's almost like a banner over our series and it says, how good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in Unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Amen? That's what we want, church. We want togetherness. We want community. We want connectedness. We want God's blessing. Do you want God's blessing over your life, your family, your workplace? That is what we are after in this series. And so I'd encourage you, if you have missed any of the previous weeks, they are on YouTube. So feel free to go and hop on YouTube. You can see all the previous week's messages. And um, take notes, notes, read Ephesians during the week, maybe as you spend time with Jesus. And just really to seek out what God is saying to you as we journey through this together. So today I've titled the message Your Before and after. Now I am a sucker for a good before and after story. Perhaps you have an incredible before and after story. Maybe you renovated your home. Maybe you had some crazy fitness journey. Maybe a really cool haircut. No one recognized you afterwards. I don't know what it is, but I know that Instagram is very aware of the fact that I love a good before and after story. And um, I'm convinced that Instagram targets me. Instagram and Facebook, you know when you scroll it's like been listening to me, and it knows that I love a good before, and there's some before, like, how did you go from that to that? It absolutely amazes me. Bedroom transformations, um, people who've gone to the gym, and I look at them, I'm like, how are you the same human being? I do not understand. Um, it absolutely amazes me, and I go down rabbit holes as I read people's stories. And um, the, last, the last house, I mean, look, don't you want that bathroom? Yes, Jill, right? (laughs) It's beautiful. Keep going, Edward. The last house just amazes me. I'm like, how is this even the same house? Isn't that gorgeous? Look at that one. I'm like, how have you gone from that to that? It looks so beautiful, so gorgeous. And what amazes me about these before and after stories is I look at the pictures and, you know, between that before and that after There is so much more than we can see. There's so much effort, sweat, hard work, focus, money. There's so much more between that before and after picture. And I know that it didn't just happen in an instant. And that's where Instagram deceives us, because on Instagram, it's just a little swipe left or a little swipe right, and you think, oh, that's amazing. But I know that so many of these before and afters, they might've taken weeks if it was a bedroom renovation, maybe months for a kitchen renovation, maybe even years if someone went after some crazy fitness goal. And sometimes I read everything that was required and, and I take a deep breath and I think, wow, like, could I do that? Like, would I do that? Do I have what it takes to be able to go after something like that? this? Because I know that befores and afters can be so tough. So often we want the transformation, but we don't have the dedication that's needed to go through that process. Isn't it true? But today I've titled this message, Your Before and After, because I believe that every single one of us in the room today, you've either already entered the most incredible before and after story ever known to mankind, or you're on the brink. Perhaps you're about to enter The most transformative before and after story ever. And so I'm going to read Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 10 for us today. And as I read it, I want you to try to see if you can see your before and after story in these verses. So let's read together. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His goodness, of His grace, and kindness towards us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Amen. I read that verse and I'm like, wow, that is a lot. And some scholars say that the first verse 1 to verse 7, Paul would have written that as a one sentence of 124 words. I'm like, Paul. Bro, take a breath, like breathe, take a breather. But you know what? It is so jam-packed with life-changing truth that applies to every single one of us. And today, I want to break that down a little bit, just verse by verse. And that may seem really simple, but I believe within these lines are the profound truth of our before and after story. Your before and after story. And what's incredible about this is it's not just a little reorganization or a renovation, you know, like the bedroom or the kitchen. No, this story is actually a rebirth. It's a regeneration of our soul. And Ephesians 2 actually explains this thought of regeneration in a beautiful way. And regeneration is actually a fundamental Christian truth that we believe as Christians, and the word regeneration comes from the Greek word. And I went to Google and I said, how do I pronounce this, Google? Because I was going to butcher it. Palan Genesia, Apparently, that's how you say it. And it comes, if you break it up, palin is again and genesis, which means birth. And it simply means a new birth, a new beginning, a new order. And in church world, often you've heard this word born again. And it's related to that phrase that we use so often in church, being born again. You see, when we as individuals, when we come to Jesus, when we accept Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, we put up our hand, we say yes to him. Something divine happens in that moment, church. Something supernatural that cannot be explained in human terms happens in that moment. We go from our before. Our after, and what's in between is our regeneration, our rebirth, becoming born again as believers. And so, let's break that down a little bit more. What did we look like before? What does our before look like? Number one, before I was dead. Verse one says. You were dead because of your disobedience and your m- many sins. Now, in Greek, the word "dead" is "nekros," which means a corpse or like a dead body. Now, Paul isn't saying that you are physically dead because the Ephesian church—they were breathing, they were walking around, they were physically alive—but he's referring to a spiritual deadness. Paul is saying their spirits were like corpses; they were dead to the things. Of God. And Matthew Henry says, Sin is the death of the soul. Each one of us, before we know Jesus, our soul is dead. Our spirits are not alive. And it's crazy because we're walking around physically alive, breathing, but on the inside, and I don't know if you remember this feeling on the inside, there's a darkness. On the inside, spiritually, we're dead and we're living in constant sin and disobedience. And that's the second point. Number two, before I lived by my sinful nature. Verse two and three says, I used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. Now, when we are first born into the world, our physical birth as human beings, we're actually born with a spirit that is dead. We're born as sinners, already with the inclination to sin. Moms and dads, you know, you don't have to teach your little one how to do the wrong thing, they somehow just know. We're born as, as, as human beings with this inclination to sin. And why? You know, right at the beginning, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. And Romans 5 verse 12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. You see, just as our physical parents passed on their DNA to every single one of us, in the same way, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, each one of us inherited that defect of sin from them. And that's why that verse is explaining, that's why we have our sinful nature. And we live the way verse 2 and 3 actually says. We lived as people who obeyed the devil um, with the enemy at work in our hearts. We refused to obey God. We followed the inclinations and the desires of a heart that was against God. Before we know Jesus, all we know is to live according to our sinful nature. Why? Why? Because remember, our spirits were dead, not alive to the things of God, full of disobedience and sin. And because of that, we deserved God's anger. And that leads us to the third one. Before, I was deserving of God's anger. Verse 3, it continues and it says this. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. And the NIV puts it, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now, that's not very nice to hear. That's hard to hear because, well, God, that's not, that's not cool. Being deserving of your anger and your wrath, that's not a good thing to hear. But you know what? Our God is so perfectly holy. He's so perfect that He cannot accept sin, and sin had to be punished. And verse 3 is saying that because of our sinful nature, we actually deserved God's wrath and we deserved His anger and our spirits were dead. And this is just so sad to me because this means that we can never fully live without God. We can never fully live as who we were created to be. We can never fully be alive. Because of our sin, we're always separated from God, our Creator. And that makes me so sad. But this is This is where the before and after story takes a sharp turn. This is when the unthinkable and the unimaginable actually happens. This is when our little renovation all of a sudden becomes a regeneration of our soul and our spirit. So let's look at the happy things. Let's look at what our after actually looks like. Number one, after I am alive. Verse 4 and 5 continues and it says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. You see, we are actually transformed from our state of death deadness to becoming alive. Why? Because God is so rich in mercy, because He loves every single one of us so much. God is the one who acts to save us. God is the one who's acted to save you and your family. And Romans 5 actually explains how He acted and what He actually did for each of us. Romans 5 says, But God showed His great love for us. For you, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation, His anger, His wrath. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, he will, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now... We can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And John 3, verse 16 and 17, we read, the, we read this so often. It says, For this is how God loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And, church, this is our big before and after moment. When we go from dead to alive, and that in between, the regeneration, the coming back to life, that is the moment. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, the moment you say yes to the sacrifice of Jesus and all God has done for us, that is the moment when you open up your heart to the love and the mercy of Jesus. That is the moment you go from perishing to eternal life. That is the moment you go from dead to alive. When you say yes, To what Jesus has done. See, our only means of regeneration is in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection. It's because of what he's done, and not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it. No, it's simply by putting our faith in Jesus. Now, regeneration is a radical, radical change. You see, just as our physical birth, like brought someone brand new into the world, like all of our awesome COVID babies. After COVID, there's like a whole new world of babies in the church and we absolutely love it. You know, our physical birth brings a new human being into the the earthly world. In the same way, a spiritual birth brings a new person into the heavenly realms. And this is why I actually get so excited when someone says yes to Jesus, whether they're nine years old, whether they're 90 years old. This is why there is a party in heaven when someone says yes to Jesus. And it's our second after. Secondly, I am seated in heavenly realms. Verse 6 says, For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. See, our regeneration means that we are raised from the dead spiritually and we are made alive. And then you are seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus. Now, this might seem confusing because if we look around, we are still here on earth. Um, We are not in heaven just yet. So this seems a little bit confusing. But the truth is that even though we are present here on earth, each of us have been assigned a place spiritually In the heavenly realms. You see, Jesus didn't just die on the cross and pay the price for our sins, but he also rose from the dead and has gained victory over the darkness. So that means, church, when you and I accept Jesus, we are not only forgiven of our sins and that's it. No, we are forgiven of our sins, but we are also raised up from that dead place. We have victory right now, we have full life right now, we have life. Right now, alive, victorious, free. And Paul is saying that our regeneration, our before and after, it's not just a change of our state or intellectual thought, just saying yes, okay, to Jesus, but it's also a change in our spiritual position before God. You see, because of what God has done for us, the great sacrifice, you and I, friends, we are no longer sons and daughters following the enemy, following the devil's ways. But now you and I are sons and daughters of God. We are accepted into the family of God. We are not separated. In, you are not separated from God anymore. Our cha- We have been changed. Our position before him has been changed. And thirdly, our after, I'm an example of his grace and his Kindness. Verse 7 goes on and it says, For God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and His kindness towards us, as shown in all He has done for us who are united in Christ. And this this just gets me so excited because your life right now, your after. As someone who has said yes to Jesus, God uses that. He almost he uses that as an example of his incredible wealth and his incredible kindness and grace. You see, when I look at my life and I think about where I've come from, the darkness, the death, the sin, the way I used to live. When I stand back and I look at my life, I am amazed But not because of me, not because of anything I've done. I'm amazed because I look at that and I see God's grace and I see God's kindness. And even now, if you take a moment and think back, think back to your life. And where you are today, that is a picture of God's grace. That is a picture of God's kindness on your life. And this is why I believe we we shouldn't be quiet about our faith. We shouldn't be quiet about our before and our after. People should look at you and know that there's something different. Why? Because this grace and kindness is not just for you and for me. This grace and kindness is for your boss and it's for your parents and it's for your brother or your sister or your colleagues You see, God wants them to look at you, see His grace and kindness, and then that point back to Him and say, this grace and kindness is available, and it's waiting for them too. And church, we know that all this grace and this kindness and this mercy, it's not because of us. It's not because of anything we've done, but it's because of grace, the incredible grace of God. And that's Number four, our after, I'm saved by grace. Verse eight to nine says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And I think this is where our before and after, it's just mad. I'm like, this is crazy because none of us in this room deserve it. None of us are intelligent enough. None of us can earn this grace. You see, unlike all those other before and after stories that we looked at, even the pictures, you know what's between our before and after? What makes our regeneration possible? It's not effort. It's not money. It's not focus. It's not hard work. No, what makes that regeneration, what helps us go from before to after is grace. It's the grace of Jesus that makes it possible, getting something that we do not deserve. It's the grace of God. You see, before we deserved the anger of God, but now we get His mercy and His kindness. That is grace. Before we deserve separation, But now we have acceptance, we have communion with God, that is grace. Before we deserve to die for our sins, but now we get forgiveness, that is grace. Before we deserve to live in darkness, but now we live in light, that is grace. Before we were dead, but now we are alive. And that is grace, 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 grace. Every single day, God's grace is upon you and upon your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up as we just do our last point this morning. Number five, after I'm created anew for good works. Verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Now church, every single one of us this morning, as you're sitting here, and this can be hard to believe, you are God's masterpiece many translations use the word workmanship and that comes from the greek word ponomio however you say it which is almost like a poem it's something created or made by god himself let that sink in for a minute that verse is saying you are something made by god himself your life your purpose your future something made by God Himself. And the truth about this before and after is it's not something for people to look at like on Instagram or Facebook and say, "Well, oh, that's pretty, that's nice, good for them, hoo well done. That's not what our before and after is all about. Our regeneration should lead to more. You being alive should lead to more. Your life is made for more. You see, God doesn't simply just save you to save you from His wrath and then, well, that's that. That's the end of the story. No, God saves you from His wrath so that He can make something beautiful of you. He wants to make something beautiful with your life, with your family, your workplace, your kids. And maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time and you've forgotten. It's just become very ordinary and very normal, but maybe you've forgotten. You are a masterpiece. Sitting here this morning, you are His workmanship, something beautiful made by God Himself. Your everyday life has meaning. And so let's look at a little summary of our before and our after. Before I was dead in sins and transgression, I lived by my sinful nature every single day there was no other way to live but in sin we were controlled and lived by that sinful nature and I was deserving of God's anger of God's wrath and then there was grace there was regeneration there was coming alive I'm alive I'm seated in heavenly realms you this is all you this morning You are seated in heavenly realms. You are an example of His grace and His kindness. You are saved by grace and you are created anew for good works. Isn't this amazing? What a transformation. Not just a little renovation. No, regeneration of your soul coming from dead to alive. Why don't we close eyes this morning? You know, this truth is something that applies to each one of us. And it truly doesn't matter who you are today or where you've come from or what you've done or your past. And the reason why that doesn't matter is because it doesn't qualify you or disqualify you. This applies to each of us today and it's available to every single one of us. And I feel today that we might find ourselves in two places. I think the first group of people, you might have never actually had the opportunity to experience this before and after. You may never have opened up your heart to Jesus in this way and said, yes, Jesus, receive your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. Jesus, I want to go from being dead inside to being fully alive. I surrender to you today. And you see, there needs to be a yes in your heart. His grace is available. His grace is knocking on the door of your heart, but you do have to open it and say, yes, Jesus, this is what I want. I want to accept you and I want to follow you. And then this morning with every eye closed, if that is you and you have never experienced this, or maybe you have, but you have walked so far away in the opposite direction that you want to come back to this fully being alive, this saying yes to Jesus. With every eye closed this morning, if you want to make that decision, I just want you to quickly slip up your hand just so that I can see. We can't leave this morning without giving someone the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. This morning, if you want to do that, I'm just going to give you a minute. Just slip up your hand just so that I can see it today. And I want to pray for you. Father, we pray for every person in the room this morning, God, that we would know you fully, Jesus. That we would experience your mercy, experience your grace. Each of us anew today, God, we say yes. We say yes to the grace of Jesus. Yes to the mercy of Jesus. Thank you that we don't need to live our old lives, but we can live a new life today and every day fully alive to the things of God.